Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Tish Hamilton. Hello, Tish. Hello, Sarah. You are coming to us still from a closet, but in a different state than you usually are. I'm not out of the closet yet, but I I am in Georgia now instead of in New Jersey. And uh, it is, um, for any listener that's ever thinking about moving to Savannah, I have a recommendation, which is to move at any time of year except for the month of August. (laughs) Gee, why is that, Tish? You know what? You don't even have to look at the weather report because it's the same exact weather report every single day. It is 93% humidity and 75 degrees every morning when I get up to go for my run, mm. uh, which does, which does result in instant weight loss. So that, that's the upside. <laughs> Easy way to lose three pounds fast. <laughs> that you then put right back on when you walk in the door because you're so gosh darn dehydrated. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. 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 But, but so college drop off, I, I saw a picture or two on Instagram. Yes. I took my daughter, uh, my ex-husband and I drove uh, our daughter. I flew back to New Jersey over the weekend and, and mm-hmm. we drove into New York city to drop her at Barnard college. Mm-hmm. And that was a really big day. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a big milestone, right? Oh, and, geez. And I, yeah. In the kid's life and in my life, because mm-hmm. she and I had lived together for almost 12 years, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's very intense and, and, um, uh, so, you know, and, and of course, you know, I'm so excited for her. And of course, I'm so verklempt for myself, mm-hmm. but you don't want to put that sadness on your kid, right? Yes. You don't want her to feel responsible for, you know, making you feel better. So I had to bottle that all up and, and, you know, freak out when she wasn't watching. <laughs> <laughs> I so vividly remember the day my parents dropped me off at Colgate and I didn't, I didn't sense a, a whiff 
of sadness. And I was the youngest of three. I'd been the only one at home for close to three years. And we just had a really wonderful time during those three years. I sometimes say that my final two years of high school were, were perhaps the happiest years of my life. And, but I don't, I don't know. Like, did my parents then walk away and, you know, sob? I don't know. <laughs> Would it be interesting to be able to ask them that now? And I know, I know. you can't, and, and I can't yeah. either. Um, but, you know, I went from, so I lived, I grew up in Georgia, and I went to Barnard College also. And mm-hmm. my parents did not take me to college. They like, oh. they put, I have a picture of me standing by our, our car with, you know, my trunk of clothing in the back seat, And they put me in an airplane and, you know, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so, not a college. <laughs> That's so funny you say that because there were schools that I, I grew up in Connecticut. And there were schools that I wanted to go to in Colorado, in California, particularly. And I just couldn't wrap my head around getting on an airplane and going to school. So I only looked at schools that could be driven to from Connecticut. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And because I had grown up, my parents had actually um, had uh, my parents eloped to New York City. And, oh, and uh-huh. so I had this like really romantic version, you know, vision of like, I have to go to college in New York City because that's the cool place to be. Uh, <laughs> that's so amazing because my parents, my dad grew up mainly in Tennessee, my mom in Ohio. And it both of them growing up, it was their huge, massive dream to move to Manhattan. Manhattan. And uh-huh. so they definitely had that same sense of romanticism about Manhattan and the opportunities there and life there. And so that's so funny that we both kind of grew up under that, that, you know, ethos or that, that, that story that they told. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely influenced my, you know, like not just wanting, but needing to go to New York City. Oh, see, but then growing up outside the city, um, largely, I mean, we went in as a family a lot in the seventies. And then, then by the time the eighties rolled around, I pretty much would go in with my friends, but boy, 1970s, New York city, not, not a love story to the city. And now this is really true. This is really true. 19. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's when I first went to New York city also in the, in the late seventies. And I have a picture. I'd love this picture. I have a picture of myself on the subway uh-huh. and like all is packed. And mm-hmm. first off, the clothing is so cool, right? You know, yes. it's like these dudes with like <laughs> bell bottoms and beards and <laughs> their round glasses yeah. and their, their funky hats. Uh-huh. Right. But, but it's also filth. I mean, it's, you know, obviously filthy, you know, oh, covered in graffiti. <laughs> And you can probably smell it from just looking yes. at the picture. I, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but I remember as a child, we'd l- go back, you know, take the train back out to Connecticut, and I just would be dying to wash my hands. Oh, it's yeah. like, my hands are so filthy. And what children yeah. that, like, fret about that? <laughs> and so there, my, my mother would be like, oh, we're going into the city, you know, and we'd go, I don't know, to the Metropolitan or go out to lunch somewhere. And she was just brimming with excitement and fondness for the city and i'm just like this place is a dump <laughs> and it was a dump i mean you know i, I lived in the city till the the mid 90s and uh you know it, it's a really really different world mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. i mean it's just it, it's kind of hard to even fathom how how different it is oh it is oh my uh, gosh I remember when they would have like garbage strikes so they're because yes. garbage cans brimming over and bags and bags of people's personal garbage and then yeah. oh you know my older sister got mugged when she was in the city one time yeah. with some friends and all this stuff. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And and so, yeah, I was a 
intern at Seventeen Magazine for my final semester of college, and and Seventeen, which was my dream to be an intern there, and then moved to San Francisco. And within a couple months, Seventeen offered me a job. And oh, cool! I, did, I didn't have a job in San Francisco, and I desperately wanted to make it into magazines. And I'm like, mm, no, I can't do it. I can't live in. The city. So. <laughs> and then when I was divorced living in San Francisco and I got a call from Condé Nast Sports for Women, uh, Jim Kaminsky, you might remember him. He um, gave a call and off, they offered me a job and he knew I was single. And he's like, oh, Sarah, no one's single in New York City. I was like, um, uh, I don't know how to take that. Like, yeah, really? <laughs> and so the, here he was like a great job and, you know, a potential partner. I'm like, mm, nope, can't do it. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I never got over it. I never got over it. But, um, but I love now that Nina is following in your footsteps, both literally at your alma mater and then in, you know, her her grandparents' footsteps of being in the city. That's yeah, you know, and it, and it, and it one, I, you know, of course, I can't help but wonder how much, um, like my affinity for New York mm-hmm. City, even though we mm-hmm. grew up in a distant suburb, she grew up in a different suburb where we were living, um, mm-hmm. uh, influenced her because she does say, like, how come you never talked at Barnard? Mm. Uh, and, mm. um, uh, it, it, I, and I will say Barnard is a completely like New York City. It mm-hmm. has transformed <laughs> and evolved so much since mm-hmm. I was there mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in the eighties. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be a whole different experience, and her experience is going to be so great. I think I might have said this on an earlier podcast, but I want to go back. I want to go back and take classes. Oh, she gets to say exactly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Next week, I'm taking Daphne, my 17 year old twin daughter, down to Southern California to look at colleges. And one of the schools we're going to is Occidental, and we got a, this um, quite robust br- brochure, not quite a catalog, from from Oxy. And so one evening I sat out on our front porch just pouring over it. I'm like, I want to go to Oxy. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite. I loved touring all the colleges because I wanted to go to all of them. <laughs> I know. And, and just drop in on a class and live in that dorm with that this really pretty awesome. view. Yes, <laughs> Youth wasted on the young. <laughs> colleges have stepped up their game so much. It's, just, yeah. it's a completely different world. Oh. And, and these kids are really getting a, a fantastic experience. Yes, it costs a, a fortune and th- there's mm-hmm. a lot of inequity, but wow, mm-hmm. what an opportunity uh, yes. for, for incredible learning. Yes, yes. Well, so exciting that Nina's embarking on that journey. So we look forward to hearing a few nuggets throughout the coming years. So, all right, Tish, well, you and I are revisiting a topic that both you and I forgot that we did. Podcast on this last summer um, about run streakers, uh, people who run daily. They set their own bar as to what constitutes a run. So I don't know. It's just a habit that has obsessed me for years. So I keep coming back to it. So here we are again to talk about this topic. And it also because running streaks really seem to have flourished during the COVID lockdown. It was something to do, something you could control during that chaotic, unsettling time. So hey, here we are talking about it again. And we are going to be chatting with four streakers in this episode. Stick around. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Our first streaker is Kathy Greif from Tampa, Florida, where she is the COO of an art museum and the stepmother of a 20-year-old. Kathy's streak stretches past a year and a half. Thanks for joining us, Kathy. It's great to be here. So, Kathy, tell us about your running background. Okay. I... I've been running for like 15, 16 years, I'd say, like as a runner. I was uh, mostly a soccer player growing up, like a lot of your other listeners I've heard about. Um, you know, I, I didn't really run unless I had to mm-hmm. <laughs> prior, prior to practice or, you know, within a game. And um, I played uh, soccer recreationally, like through my through adulthood, like till I was like 30, 31. And I had... Um, a couple of knee injuries. And mm. after my second knee surgery, I decided it was time to hang up my boots. Then around the same time, I lost my mom to leukemia and I was looking for like anything to kind of get through that. And mm-hmm. I joined their program team and training, which I'm sure many people know about, which, you know, you raise money for the leukemia society mm-hmm. and they train you. Mm-hmm. And I did a triathlon. <laughs> so I had never like ran, biked or swam, <laughs> but it, it all came like around the same time where I couldn't play soccer anymore. And then, you know, I was looking to do something to give back to LLS. So that was what kind of kicked it all off. And I started, you know, running and biking and swimming. Um, I was in Washington, D.C. at the time, and they had like a really great chapter there. Mm. Then when I moved to Florida, like a year later, I decided that triathlons where there are sharks and alligators were <laughs> not for me. So then I just kind of started running. So what, what got you motivated to start a streak? Uh, okay. So I'm in this community. Like, okay. My, my, uh, my boyfriend is an avid runner and he's an ultra runner and, uh, the community that we're in, I mean, there's a ton of runners in the Tampa Bay area and there's all different running groups and stuff, but like our little, our circle of friends are, we're like, everyone's runners and most of them are really, really good. (laughs) Um, And and they don't even think they are. (laughs) They're like fast and, and, or do, you know, really long races, you know, hundred milers and all that kind of stuff. And I, um, I'm neither of those things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I kind of felt like I wanted something that I could have to myself. And, you know, now obviously some of the people in the group are streakers. And like, that's actually how I found out about it. One of our friends was about to hit his 10 year. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And so, you know, kind of asked a lot of questions and everything. And, 
And I figured I'll try it. And, you know, I really didn't really have any particular goals beyond like 30 days. Mm. I thought, well, let me see. And then, you know, you kind of get hooked. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it was really to like feel like I had something like I'm not going to win a race. I'm not going to do the longest race, you know, but like I wanted to feel like legit in some way. Well, it sounds like your streak started off a bit wonky. So share why New Year's Day 2021 was not day one as you planned. Uh, yeah. So COVID, um, <laughs> I was gifted with that for the holidays. And uh, this was, you know, in the first kind of string of it. And um, yeah, I'd planned to start it like everybody, you know, New Year's, not really as a resolution, but just, you know, to make the tracking of it easier um, on the first. And then I attempted to run like with nobody around, you know, um, outside though. And uh, it, it just wasn't feasible. Um mm-hmm breathing wise, lung wise. So by um, the eighth, I, I, you know, I just know that date because that's the street start. So that's when I was able to run a mile. So, and then that has, despite you told me ahead of time, you're, you're um, double vaccinated and boosted yeah. twice boosted, but yet it wasn't the only time COVID interjected itself into your streak. <laughs> yeah. I, I just had it again. And, uh, I'm not 50 yet, so I couldn't get the the next. Oh, booster. okay, all right. Oh my goodness, okay. So yeah, I kind of got the string that has been going around. Um, it I got it at the beginning of July, so I had to run through that again, and I, it wasn't mm. I, it wasn't as bad as the first time, but getting uh, a mile each day and even you know, and that, I don't run only a mile every day, but just to keep the streak alive um, was was also real fun. Mm, I bet. So you have have a one mile minimum for your streak. So when you were not feeling well, did you like run your mile and go back home to bed and sleep all day? Because I got to say, I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the general idea. I mean, I would, some of them, I would maybe like walk a little more, you know, after the mile run. But yeah, I mean, if, if I'm not feeling it, it in the, in the streaking community, that's, you know, called a streak saver. So, you know, when you only do a mile, I mean, some people that is their goal and that's what they'll do. You know, um, for me, generally, I run like three or so miles a day and then like a long run on weekends and stuff like that, you know, but if I am just not feeling it, then I just got to keep that mile. (laughs) And uh, you've had other sort of interesting challenges to get your one mile or so in. Yeah. Yeah, um, a couple last year, the first year was kind of plagued with a few different things. One was a, a quote, medical procedure, um, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, a friend of mine actually had a great idea. She was like, well, why don't you run at 12.01? Like I had to be <laughs> at the hospital or whatever for at like, I don't know, noon or something. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to run afterwards. So I uh, stayed up till 12.01 and ran on the treadmill a mile and then um, <laughs> had the procedure so that I didn't have to, you know, run after until the following day. Oh. And then we had some fun in, um, in Lake Tahoe this last Christmas. We were there for break and it was like the biggest blizzard they'd had in 50 years or something. Oh my gosh. Wow. It was, and I'm a Floridian, so it was... Uh, <laughs> An extra challenge. And, um, but the Airbnb we were staying at had, um, uh, what you call it? Snowshoes. Oh, okay. So I was able to, uh, get 
the miles in there. And not just decorative snowshoes. Like they, yeah. were, uh, <laughs> they, they also didn't had like, those on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not touch, not for yeah. actual use. <laughs> yeah. Real ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so with all these kind of different challenges, I got to ask you, um, is it, is it worth it? Yeah. I, I feel like it's part of me, you know, so I'm, I'm really proud of it, even though my streak is substantially less than so many people I know, like, you know, people, I have you know, a friend that has 10 plus years. I have a friend that has four plus years on the, you know, websites about there's Facebook groups and all this stuff for us um, weirdos. And uh, there's like people with 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40 years, you know, I mean, it's nuts. But like for me, I'm at 601 days mm-hmm. and I'm super proud of it. Like I never, ever ran every day until this, you know, I ran like three days a week. It was just not on my mind. And now it's like, you know, it's kind of like brushing your teeth. I mean, you just, you do it. And if you didn't do it, it'd feel probably really weird. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, I love it. It's kept me in way better shape. Mm. That, that was something like I didn't expect. I like last year, I didn't really train for any races, like, you know, follow a plan kind of, um, well, I did many happy miles, so I did follow that plan, but I don't mean like, Mm -hmm you know, find a race, like you want to PR it or whatever. I didn't do like interval training and speed workouts and tempo runs and stuff like that. I just ran. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in almost all my races, I either like PR'd or hit really close to my PR. So. Wow. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, I was really surprised by that, but I think the consistency, you know, just really pays off. Mm-hmm. And you know you're, you're you're citing people who have ten year streaks and whatever, and don't, but you can't compare yourselves to them because you know they had to start somewhere too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they started yeah. they started at day one also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're getting there. <laughs> it's yeah. it's um yeah, it's super admirable. I mean, it keeps you inspired too. Like, I, and I love seeing like people who had to stop their streak, but then they started again, mm-hmm. and you know, they might've had six years and, you know, had to like, you know, had a foot surgery or something. Um, and then they start again and they're on like their eighth year or you know, you're mm-hmm. like, wow. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you ever feel like your streak controls you versus the other way around? I definitely felt that way when I had my exercise streak of five and a half years going on. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I think I need it. <laughs> Mm. Like I definitely would get lazy if I didn't mm. have kind of that. I'm like super type A. So <laughs> I need, I need routine and, you know, that kind of thing to follow. But well, I don't know, Sarah, like, what do you mean more? Like just that, that I, I felt on days that were super crammed that then I had to accommodate it, like wake up really early. I remember having to, I was taking, I don't know, let's say a 6 a.m. flight from San Francisco to Boston. So then, you know, I was going to land if all went according to plan late in the day there. It was a business trip. So that my time wasn't my own. So I'm mean, there I was, you know, 3 a.m. running on Marina Green, you know, yeah. and I'm like, why am I out here? Yeah, no, <laughs> well, absolutely. But I think like, it's amazing. It's kind of amazing that you find time to then Mm -hmm. fit it in. And, you know, and it, and it's, it's a super healthy thing, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're talking about running and fitness. So like, it's not like something bad controlling me. Yeah. Like smoking a cigarette a day or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, um, 
that would be fun. Um, it, uh, it's like, <laughs> the truth it, comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't smoke anymore. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I just think it's awesome that like, you know, I do, I have, I mean, well, we, we flew to Spain and I, I mean, I had to run in the morning before we got on the, the very long flight, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, um, when I got there, I mean, I'm so tired. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just, and we couldn't check in the hotel yet. So we like went on a tour and then it's like four o'clock we can on their time. So it's mm-hmm. like 11 to me and we can finally check into the hotel, but I had to go run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that's like, so kind of irritating in the moment, but <laughs> I mean, running is so good for you. So like, you know, it's just, I don't know, even, even if it's, you know, it can be really like daunting and challenging at times, like you're doing something healthy for yourself and, and, you know, all the like great, you know, mental benefits, like you get that time to listen to your favorite podcast or, you know, <laughs> uh, music and, you know, it's benefits so far outweigh any of the kind of like times where you're like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. So with that in mind, like, do you ever envision an end to your streak? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I know something will happen, you know? I mean, there will be, hopefully, I'm going to knock on wood, but like, you know, there will be some, there could be an injury, you know? I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I've never had like so much of a healthy like fitness wise like I usually have some foot problem or some hip Mm. thing like you know and I haven't had any of that um you know something in life will happen or I'll be on a flight planning to like run when I get there and I'll get there and it'll be past midnight and I'll be like oh man I missed it well (laughs) yeah time to start over I guess that'll be the real thing you know if I have the the fortitude to start over if and when, you know, I have to, to end it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us, Kathy. It was great talking with you. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Our next guest is Cass Nelson, an elementary school principal. Cass lives with her family, including three kids spanning the ages of 10 to 19 in Visay, Oklahoma. Cass has a run streak that stretches past seven years. Thanks for chatting with us, Cass. Hi, thank you all so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to share about my streak. Uh, Great. I know you've been a runner for more than two decades. So share a bit about how you got started as well as the types of races you run. Well, I um, got started just by chance with a friend who who was a runner. Um, I was an athlete in high school. I played uh, basketball and softball, but I never really had run. In fact, in high school, I rather loathed running for, you know, training in those sports. So it wasn't anything that I was looking to do, but I had a friend that was a runner and he said, come, come on, let's go. And the rest is history, pretty much. Um, I, I wasn't really a uh, avid runner, I would say. And I still don't consider myself to be a runner sometimes, even though I'm streaking, because there's there's just different seasons of, of my streak, I guess I would say. So um, I've run one marathon, the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. That was in 2019. And I, I've done several of the Oklahoma City half marathons. Um, I just uh, do what I can fit into my schedule. And then when I don't have a run I'm training for. I'm just reaching for that mile every day. 
Well, you are an elementary school principal and you have three kids from 10 to 19. So your motivation for a streak is obvious. Um, (laughs) um, Tell us about how you got started. And I hear Runner's World Challenge was part of part of it. And um, I actually worked at Runner's World seven years ago. So so I'm excited to hear that this this was something that got you started. Absolutely. I had done a couple of those runners world, you know, the just the 30 to 40 days um, a couple of times and had stopped when it was suggested to stop or, you know, at the end of that term. And with this one, um, that was back in 2014 or excuse me, 2015. Sorry. Um, I guess I just said, you know, I'm healthy and here I've made it this far. So let's just continue. And if that is, you know, for 75 days, great. If that is for 100 days, great. I'll just keep going as long as I can. And um, so here we are over seven years later. But yeah, it it all started because of one of those run street challenges. Mm. So I'm fascinated. I want to go back. You said there are that there are different seasons of your streak. Could you talk a bit more about what you mean by that? Sure, I can. Different seasons to me, when I first got started, it was really challenging to maintain a streak because, as you know, that that takes a priority in your day. Um, Before I started streaking, um, I I would run, but I might let other things take priority during in that day. So I might not get a run in that day, you know, mom duties principal duties. My husband's the superintendent of our district as well. Um, And at the time I was working on my master's degree. So uh, there were lots of things that could take me away from running. So in that first, I would say probably year, year and a half, it was just adjusting still to running on a daily basis and to making that a priority. And then after that, um, I really was interested in, you know, pushing myself maybe pushing myself time-wise or maybe pushing myself to um, train for a half or to train for uh, that marathon, that one marathon that I ran. But um, so there, there's, there's that kind of, but in between all of those trainings or in between that, it's pushing yourself. There was one part in my streak where I went, I think it was a hundred days, three miles minimum. So There's just different, there have been different ways that I've kind of tried to keep myself motivated, but also knowing the season that I'm in now, I'm working on my doctorate as well. So I have a busy life on top of that. I'm, I'm in the season of it's a mile a day right now. I, I, you know, I have to say, um, you, you sure have a lot going on and it, it seems kind of counterintuitive to, to take on something, a streak, right? Like that seems like it might be adding to your plate. Uh, and, and I'm really curious about how, um, how you think the streak, uh, um, doesn't subtract from your life, but adds to your life, even though it's another thing on your to-do list. That is an awesome question. That is a question that I get very frequently from people who know my my life and how how busy we are as a family. Um, my my time it may just be ten minutes. It may just be, and I say just. I shouldn't say just because 
a mile is is more than I would be doing if I if I weren't challenging myself to continue that every day. But that it may be 10 minutes, but that 10 minutes is my release from the day or it is my time. Uh, some people some people read, some people um maybe turn to social media or maybe even gather with friends. And I'm in a rural area, so the easiest way for me to kind of decompress from the day or to get my mindset in a in a good in a positive um, setting so that I'm ready to tackle a day is with a run. And so it is a stress reliever for me. It is a my time. It is an outlet for me. It is a time for me to reflect on the day as well. Things that have happened, things that are coming up, things with my children or with my husband. It is a great reflection time as well. And I, and I, we talked about seasons a minute ago, but at one point I used it as a gratitude run. And I just thought of things I was thankful for. Um, because in my line of work, things are really rough in some some days. And and with COVID, it has been mentally challenging to be a leader in education. So that I was just using that. To, it might have been 10 minutes or it might have been a three mile run. But just using that as a way to be thankful for um, having my two legs to run on that day uh, or or my family or the support that I have. So it is a very important time to me. And I that's why I continue to make it a priority. Hmm. Hmm. That's lovely. That's lovely. Thank you for sharing that. So so seven plus years, it's a long time. Uh, does your body just ever cry out for a break from the pounding? It does. It does. I've, I've run through a few things, a few issues with my knees, hips, uh, and feet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I, I don't know how I get over those somehow. I, it's not anything that I do differently that I feel. Um, I do try to, if I'm running more in, in those days and I notice that I'm having some pain, I'll just take it back to a mile. But, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, just tender loving care, I guess I should say, or soaking that part of my body or just trying to be really mindful about a way that I'm running. It seems to help. And so I have been very fortunate to not have any major injuries during during this time. Right on. Right on. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yay. And like I said, I'm just I'm just blessed every day that I get to go out and be physically healthy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I hear you have a streak twin. Um, but this is not someone you've met in person. So tell us about that. Okay. So that's a person that I met through the RW Run Streak, which is the Runner's World Run Streak Facebook group. We started our streak on the same day. We were both looking forward to starting the challenge that started Memorial Day of that year. But we happened for whatever reason, we still don't know, we happened to just have started on the 25th of May of that year. And so each year, or actually each major milestone, so if we get to like the next 100 miles, then we both, you know, celebrate with each other through social media. And we both now follow each other personally. So we're kind of able to support each other that way. 
but yeah, it's been kind of neat. I've never met him, um, but I know a lot about him and his family. He has had a daughter through this streak. And so it's really kind of neat to have that connection that is just simply through running and through our streak. That's so, so nifty. So nifty, uh, particularly as the mom of a, a boy girl twins, you know, so you all are boy girl twins. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Cass, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Yes, you're welcome. And I always, I'm a principal and a, a reader at heart. Can I leave you with a book suggestion? Sure. Okay. A few years ago, my friend, who is also a marathoner, he ran 12 marathons in a year. Mm. His name is Adam. Welcome. He wrote a book called Run Like a Pirate. <laughs> okay. All right. I will, if that's on Amazon, I will include a hyperlink to that in the show notes. It absolutely is on Amazon. And I was blessed to get to write a little snippet about my streak in there. Nice. And so, yeah would be awesome if you checked it out. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Cass. Take good care. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Next up is Sarah Avila, a mom of three who lives in Richmond, Virginia. Sarah is a professor of environmental economics. For a little over a year, Sarah was running every day until dreaded COVID stopped her in her tracks. She recently restarted a new streak because she needs her 30 minutes a day. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thank you. It's such a joy to be with you guys. Oh, thank you. And and um, we're thrilled to talk to you. So, Sarah, um, I understand you've been a runner for 30 years. Tell us a little bit about your running background. Well, I started running when uh, I came to the United States for high school. Before that, I was like the nerdy, clumsy type who never, ever touched a ball. <laughs> but um, here, I mean... Maybe you're not aware of this, but the environment is very good to doing some sports. So I was in high school. I didn't know how to do soccer. I didn't know how to do gymnastics, nothing. I could run. So so I went to the track and field team and I, I started running. I remember vividly the first Wednesday. It was the part when they say the announcements Oh, oh, convocation, convocation. Oh, the surprise of the day. Sarah won the 5K. I mean, I was the most surprised then. <laughs> I had no idea I could run, no idea whatsoever. Now, everyone in the high school thought I was like an athlete from far, but no way, no way. I knew nothing. <laughs> of course, I loved the attention and the parents and the trophies and the medals and all this environment. I said, well, this is me. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm staying here being a runner. And, and that's the way I started running. That was like 32 years ago. And here I am mm. still running. Yeah, that is awesome. And tell us about how you got started on your streak. Okay, so let me tell you something. I had no idea there was such a thing called streak. I didn't even know the word until in 2019, you guys posted in Facebook, so-and-so is celebrating her streak. <laughs> and I asked my kids, what's that? <laughs> oh, and, then, and I said, oh my gosh, I'm sure I've been like, you know, periods on and off. I, I have streaks. I mean, I'm going to start counting now. And then I'll see how much, how long I can go with running every day because that's what I do. 
my life as an immigrant has been so disrupted over the years that there's very few things that keep my identity together. Mm-hmm. And one of them is being a runner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am a foreigner, but I am a runner, foreigner, foreigner, runner. Oh yeah, yeah. I am a professor, uh, but not always. <laughs> yeah. I'm a student sometimes. Yeah. I am. A, I mean, so many things, even being a Christian nowadays, like weird. Okay. Let me explain this, that, but runner, runner keeps going. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that a long time, you know? Uh, and I said, okay, I'm starting today when you posted that picture. It was September, almost my birthday. So I started and I went all the way that year until September and then I got COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So then you also then restarted your, your streak and, and our, um, earlier guest, um, said that she admires people who have the fortitude to start again. So how did you summon up the energy to be like, okay, this is it. I'm jumping back in. Oh, well, I think that the, the thing is that being a runner is part of my identity. That's what I do. Also, it's like my safety net. Mm. So for example, sometimes I feel inadequate. Oh, you know what? They rejected my paper for the seventh time. But you know what? I can run 5K in less than 20 minutes. <laughs> so I go out and I do that. Like, I have to do this. Oh, yeah. I might be, sometimes I feel like I'm the only brown person in the room. Mm. I remember the other day I went to, to drop my son to college. And there was this fraternity gathering it was a very peculiar frat so everyone there was very tall (laughs) everyone there was very wide and i bet that a purse there could pay a month's worth of rent or the shoes you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh my gosh what i'm doing here i have nothing in common with these people but i i thought you know what i might be the shortest and the brownest but I am faster than everybody else. You know, it's like, okay, this is my amulet. Mm. And, and I go and I, and I use it, use it as a safety net. Um, I, I've made, oh, well, sometimes my, my kids have been bullied and I go, hmm, I bet I can run faster than the mom of that kid, evil kid. Uh, I, I use it a lot. I use it a lot. And I think, oh, yeah, I am a badass person because I, my body can move so fast and can do this every day. Mm. So if I miss one day, I'm not that person anymore. and I don't want to lose that. So I keep going. Mm. That that helps me keep on straight. And at, at the same time, let me tell you that the year of my strike was one of the most disruptive years in my life mm-hmm. because kids went to college. I moved over the country. Uh, it was so, so messy, <laughs> but that kept me like something going on that was continuous and, you know, regimented. And there's something that I can hang on to. Mm. Right. It keeps you grounded to have the this thing that, you know, you can count on and that that's part of your identity. And it's also interesting when you're talking about the multiple identities that you have and, and runner is an identity that, that you can hold on to, right? For power in yourself. And it's also a, an identity you can present to other people. That's a way in for them to understand you, right? That's a, uh, pretty neutral, right? Like I'm a runner. So that's not really exactly. that controversial. 
<laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. It's mm-hmm. a way to connect with others. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've used it so much. Mm. I've used it. I was living in Denver and uh, in the area I was living, Central Park. I could connect with other moms because we all ran and that was so neat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see you. Hello. You know, mm-hmm. we have these in common. Mm-hmm. We, we may not have so much more, but at least these we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is your, is your, how about your family? Are, is your family supportive of your streak? Oh my gosh. This is such a, such a hot topic. <laughs> uh, my kids are now, well, I, I have a 22 year old, uh, a daughter, Camilla. I have a 19-year-old, Emilio. They are both in college and they totally support these. Yes, mother, this is what you should do. But when they were seven, six, ten, five, uh, not so much. I have Santiago who is 10 and he, he just said this morning, mom, please don't go, don't go, don't leave me alone. It was 6 a.m. Why is he awake? I have no idea. But it's 6 a.m. I'm going to run. Please. Please don't go. It's dark. No, no. So this is on and off ever since 22 years ago. Every day. Don't go. Don't go. That's on the one hand. Now, um, maybe I don't want to generalize, but I need to tell you something about the Hispanic community that in my anecdotal experience, we share with other uh, immigrants from the global south. So of course, I respect, this is not everyone, but this is what I observe. I observe that we are very much invested in what, in what needs to be done in the household, like meals, like laundry, but having the house clean, but doing your hair, but making sure there's salsa, making sure there's uh, three course meals. I mean, I don't know. There's so much, so many demands upon a household that fall mainly on the women, women all over the world. So um me being raised in Mexico City, I I have ingrained in my brain, yeah, you are supposed to feed your kids. Oh yeah, you are supposed to make sure their their lives are are, are able to to function. And even though I know that Men and women should both participate. Otherwise, we'll drown. Still, there's this in, in the back of my head. So now that's in general terms, no? the, the, the pressure, the cultural pressure. Mm-hmm. Particularly in my case, I must be honest that I am so lucky that I married a guy who is really into, come on, we need to share. Actually, he's in charge of meals. He's in charge of the laundry. Mm. Uh, basically, what do I do, right? <laughs> but I'm in charge. <laughs> and this is what, what happens sometimes. Okay. I already prepared the main course, Sarah. Can you do the soup or, you know, the salad? You know what? I need to go running and this is the only time I have. So I'm sorry. There won't be any salad, but it's okay. One meal course no, doesn't matter. <laughs> and he lets go, but he says, you know what? I really wish that instead of running, you would have had a soup. I mean, mm. for me, that would be so much better. Mm. And and sometimes I need to concede and and do the soup and go to bed later or do my my running later or whatever. But sometimes I've said no. And and anyway, he we know each other since babies. So he saw me as a nerdy, clumsy in elementary school, and he saw me when I discovered running, and he saw me my marathon, and he saw me 
and he's been there so he knows who I am and still he was hoping that I would stop running every single day Mm. so I, I said well I didn't even say anything this was not a matter of discussion I just kept doing it every single day not only him but my my in-laws my own mom is like why do you do this why well you might not understand it uh but this is who I am and this is what I do and well that's it but I don't know I was thinking a lot about a person you interviewed it's Steve Magnus Mm -hmm. the other day Mm -hmm. the coach Mm -hmm. and he was saying you know what you need like a higher purpose Mm -hmm. and indeed you do so I mean this is also part of the purpose why I keep running Mm -hmm. I remember all my sisters which are my friends that I grew up with I'm thinking about these amazing uh, hardworking charismatic competitive and fast people that I grew up with and they cannot run because there's no there's no place to run in Mexico City mm. because the commute takes robs you three hours of your day because they do have to make the meals that I'm not doing because they have a very active social life. Whatever the reason, they cannot run. So in the morning, I said, you know what? I'm going to run for my friend Claudia today. I'm going to run for he, for, for her, for her, for her. And I named them. And this is like a higher purpose that I, I keep going. And I mean, within me, I was hoping that my daughter would catch it. And she never, ever said a word. But I mean, today she's a runner. She's a runner and she runs even more than me. She's, she's, I think she's planning to run a half marathon. And, and to be honest, that's like makes me smile, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to understand me and I knew you were going to come with me and I knew it. And I think it's so worth it. Mm. Oh, Sarah, it is just lovely listening to you talk. I'm. Thank you so much for sharing all that. That was really enlightening to me. And a final question. So your streak has had to stop once because of COVID. So do you ever wonder what will make it you end it in the future or do you just see this as you know an an endless road in front of you um well i am not that um i mean i i don't mind if i have to end it for some strenuous circumstance Mm -hmm. lately i mean with so many so many things going on i I wouldn't mind Mm -hmm. Mm, however I think that I had a sprained ankle uh, last in in August and I knew that if I kept running, I wouldn't be able to run in the future. Mm -hmm. So I had to stop. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's no other option. I have to stop. Mm -hmm. But other than something like that, as strong as that, I just keep going. And also I am very kind to myself. If I can only run, uh, 30 minutes fine, but if I have very little time, I just try to hurry so that I finish those 5k in less minutes or even less. It doesn't matter. As long as I run, it's okay. And I am zero fast right now. I am, I, I took like 38 minutes to run my 5k this morning. I was super, super tired. <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to stop unless my body is really, really unable to move. Mm. Well, again, Sarah, it was lovely, lovely talking with you. So thanks so much for joining us.
Our final guest is Allison Richter, a nurse from Tucson, Arizona, who has two quote unquote kids in their twenties and a high school exchange student. Allison's streak stretched to just over 1800 days when she had to put a stop due to an injury, which we'll hear more about, I'm sure. Welcome, Allison, and thanks in advance for sharing. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Hi, Allison. Um, so can you start by giving us a sense of your running background, please? Yeah, sure. I started running as a way to get in shape after having two kids. And this was in 2004. And I felt good when I was running and I got some energy back after having had two children in um, four years. And I just finally was finding time for myself while well, I was making time for myself. There's, there's no never a day that time's going to land in your lap and say, <laughs> I'm for you. You, know, you really, you have to make it. Um, so I started doing the couch to 5k running program. And that led me to be able to run a 5k and then a 6k or a 10k. And I just kept going until I started running marathons. And um, that's how I got my start in running. It was um, way back in 2004, when I wanted to just get back in shape after having children. All right. And then I hear you got started on a running streak after hearing about someone else's streak on a podcast. Mm -hmm. was, it, was it this podcast? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Actually, I don't remember what podcast it was. Well, we'll pretend was, like it was this one. <laughs> let's, it was yours. It was absolutely. You That's the answer I wanted. Okay. <laughs> Another mother run. Yeah. <laughs> but really though, so, I have my question yeah. is what, what made that like, what made you, what intrigued you about hearing about a streak that made you want to start a run streak? Right. So I heard about this woman who I think had like some really long streak, like 20 years stands out in my mind. And I had never heard of run streaking. And I thought, well, I already run like easily five or six days a week and I love it. I wonder what it would be like if I didn't have that rest day in there. What would that feel like? What would that be like? And so I started and um, it, I really enjoyed it. I knew that I was doing something that I was pushing myself. I knew I wasn't like a pioneer out there inventing the run streak. There were people <laughs> already doing this. And I thought, well, you know what, if they can do it, I probably can too. And I found that it was just a really great way to push myself. Um, not really very far out of my comfort zone, but it, it made it so that running became even more of what brought me joy in the day. I never once went out for a run and regretted it. Um, I did have days before my run streak where I thought I really should have run today. And once the choice was kind of off the table, like I had made that choice and it was no longer a daily decision, it was, it was just something I did. I found it was really kind of liberating. I didn't have to think about whether I was going to run or not. I knew I was going to. And that sort of set my day up well every single morning. Mm. That's intriguing. And and what qualifies as your streak? I followed the rules of the uh, run streak group that's out there, and it was a minimum of a mile a day. Mm -hmm. So there were some days that were much longer, like especially when I was marathon training, and there were some days that were a mile, but it was always a minimum of a mile. Mm -hmm. So I love this idea that, that it's a choice that you've, that's already been made for you. So you just get out there and do it. But um, there are, yeah. of course, times when 
you know, it, it's more challenging, right, to get out and sure. and, and do it. And I, and I understand maybe you've been on some family trips in locations mm-hmm. that might have not have been so accommodating to your daily run. So tell us about that. Yeah. So my husband and I got into backpacking, which is a whole different level of camping. And uh, the demands of backpacking are pretty significant. You're carrying your pack, you're moving maybe 10 or 15 miles in a day and setting up all over again. And it's not an easy day. Um, but I had said to my husband before our first backpacking trip, I don't know how to keep my run streak alive while I'm backpacking. And he said, oh, I do. You're just going to go run a mile. <laughs> and I said, am I though? But I did. <laughs> and um, he was the most supportive. He would often cheer me back into the, you know, our campsite finish line at the end and mm. say like, I'm so proud of you. You did it. And he said, after hiking 10 miles, you're going to take that pack off and feel like Snoopy when he kind of flutters his feet and floats up in the air. You'll be able to do this. <laughs> oh, so I, this, this is really amazing because I've, I've done some backpacking and, I, and I'm very, very impressed that you went for a, a run. So, But what I really yeah. also want to know is, to, does that mean you had to pack running shoes? <laughs> No. So I thought about that because I didn't want to carry the extra weight of right. course, right? So I thought, well, if these shoes are going to support me all day, my hiking boots, while I hike and carry a pack, they can certainly handle a one mile run and they can Oh boy, <laughs> give it a try. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to carry the, the running shoes. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. That was perhaps a level of commitment that some would call crazy, but I really felt good about it. <laughs> Haters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so when I was on my exercise streak in the 1990s, I'd, I'd feel unsettled on the days that I couldn't exercise in the morning. Like until I got my workout, I couldn't couldn't just chill out that I had kind of agita, yeah. as my father would have said. So do you experience something similar on your streak? Um. No, mm. I mean, I, yes, I had to run every day, but I, I knew that I was going to. Um, so yes, I experienced this sense of like, I need to get it done. And I almost always did it first thing in the morning because that was the most convenient time. But if for some reason I had to do it later in the day, there was this sense of like, what if something derails mm-hmm. me? What mm-hmm. if something comes up and I can't, like, I have to do this. And, and fortunately I had a lot of family support And what they all learned was in the 10 minutes that I'm gone running a mile, they may not even notice I'm gone. And that's fine. (laughs) It's just not that long if you're just doing a mile. Now, was this something that your your family kind of had to learn about as you were embarking on the streak? Um, Yeah, I explained it to them. And for the most part, because I ran early before many of them were awake, they didn't even really pay attention to what was going on. It was maybe that they would notice it on vacation when I would say, okay, you guys start getting ready for the day and I'll be back in 15 minutes. And they became more aware that I was doing this. But again, there's a sense when you're a child that like, yeah, whatever my mom's doing is whatever. And that's just normal. And they don't really give it a whole lot of thought as they became teenagers and understood more like, Oh, mom's running every day intentionally for exercise. Like they started paying a little more attention, but you know, for the most part, they just, I don't think they noticed that much when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now it's time for you to tell us about having to end your streak to shy of five years due to an injury. You, you mentioned it. Yeah. You mentioned to me, sometimes it's important to know when to stop. And I think that's, I think yeah. that's critical as 
because I know from firsthand experience, an exercise streak can kind of take on a life of its own, making it tough to almost extricate yourself from. So talk about how that happened for you. Yeah. So I was beginning to feel in June, like running didn't feel good. There was something wrong. Um, My IT band was constantly tight. It hurt when I run. I was uncomfortable. I was running shorter and shorter distances and just not enjoying it. And I began to feel like, like my run streak wasn't fun anymore and it wasn't productive and it wasn't what my body needed. It was what I wanted, but I, but I wasn't happy with it. And I thought, why? Like, Hmm. My run streak used to bring me so much joy and now it's making me kind of miserable. So what's going on here? And so I I also had a, a long backpacking trip coming up and I thought to myself, is it reasonable to do this 10 day backpacking trip and run a mile and feel miserable? And I thought it's, it's time to stop. Mm. Like I have to know when to stop. I knew that I didn't want to get to the point that I couldn't use my knees the way I need to. I need to be able to walk and hike and carry myself around every day, but running wasn't feeling good. And I thought it's time. I can't make it to five years and that's okay. I choose to let that go. And um, I felt really okay about it. And I stopped at a point where I could continue to exercise every day in a different Mm -hmm. way. And I feel almost now like I'm, it's been about a month and a half that I haven't been running every day. And I feel almost more well-rounded. I'm going on the exercise bike. I'm lifting more weights and doing some yoga. And I started swimming. And so those are things that I wouldn't have done when my run streak was a priority. Mm. So I think I was ready. Um, I was a little sad, but I think I learned so much about myself and setting goals and going after what I want that I had learned the lessons I needed to learn to let it go. Mm. So I think I've heard you just say you, you do um, something every day. So I'm curious, did your run yeah. streak turn into an exercise streak? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Tish. Silly question. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that obvious? <laughs> yeah. So I definitely still get up every day with time to exercise for maybe 45 minutes and I do some weights. I do some exercise videos. I ride on the bike. I go for a walk. I definitely make sure that I move my body every morning before I move on with the day. And that I think is a huge lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I have no excuses in the morning. I don't say, well, today is a morning. I'm going to maybe do something else instead of exercise. Like it is definitely part of what I do. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Allison, thank you so much for sharing. This was, this was great. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, take care. You too. Ah, Tish, four such fabulous guests. I, I I love it. I love all their different reasons for for doing the streak, and and I also love that our, our last guest has turned it into a move your body every day streak, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I you know that really appeals to me. Even if mm-hmm. it's you know even if it's air quotes just a a walk around, like just to move, that's a fabulous thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my favorite quote from the whole thing is Sarah saying, this is my amulet. I was like, yeah. oh, you don't hear the word amulet tossed around too much. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I get it, Wonder Woman. I get yeah. it. Good one. <laughs> All right. Registration for our latest Love the Run program is open and the training plan kicks off on September 12th. This round includes a multi-level mileage challenge, perfect foster running streak. 
So check it out at anothermotherrunner.com slash lovefall2022. And here's Emily talking up her experience in a previous round of Love the Run. My name is Emily, and I'm calling from DeWitt, Michigan. What I love about the Love the Run programs is just how easy it was to get back into running again. I joined my first Love the Run program in February of 2021 because I was looking for a way to get back into running after essentially two back-to-back pregnancies. I was struggling to do it on my own. I would go out for a run and then it'd be five days before I would run again. Love the Run really brought me back into running and gave me that consistency that I was craving. The program made me feel like myself again, made me realize that I was still strong, even though I was still nursing and waking up in the middle of the night. Ever since then, I have signed up every time there's a love the run. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Many happy miles, perhaps on consecutive days. 